we're just so thankful for you. We love your presence. We love your love. That you would lavish your love on your children. That you would give us wisdom beyond our years, beyond our understanding. You open the eyes of our heart. You give us a hope. True hope. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. strengthen our faith look to Jesus he's so good oh Jesus you have the words of eternal life Scripture in Psalm 27. David just had this such a depth of understanding of wanting to be in the presence of the Lord, wanting to gaze upon Him. Lord, may this be our heart's desire, our life would be to seek you. That we would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. Jesus, we want to gaze upon you. We want to see your eyes. Eyes of fire. Oh. As you put out your hands, you go, look what I did for you. Because <laughs> you love us so much. Mm. May we gaze upon your beauty. We get to fix our eyes on you. You're so beautiful. You're so worth it. There's none like you. say in the days of trouble you'll keep us safe in your dwelling place you'll hide us in the shelter of your dwelling of your tabernacle as we dwell with you you hide us in the shelter of your dwelling wow you set us on a rock you set us on a firm foundation. 
He set us on Jesus. Oh, that we, because of you, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. After David says all this, he just says, I am going to sing and I am going to make music to the Lord. <laughs> oh, that we would sing of your goodness. We would declare the goodness of the Lord. Wow. So Lord, we say, teach us. Teach us your way. Give us eyes to see. Take us up to the higher places. Give us ears that we can hear. Mm. You say, lead us in the straight path. Thank you for the confidence that we have in you, Jesus. May we wait upon the Lord. Lord, I pray for a strength to be upon us in our weakness. After three days of fasting, <laughs> may we wait upon you that you would strengthen us in these times. Give us your strength, Lord. You say, be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Lord, it is in you that we wait. singing I was just I went to Psalm 89 and the first part of it just says I will sing of the Lord's great love forever then it says this says with my mouth with my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations I will declare catch these words He's, you're going to make his faithfulness known with your mouth to all generations and you're going to declare that his love stands firm forever. He establishes faithfulness in heaven itself. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Just as we're in this, I, I felt, Luna, you shared something yesterday in the prayer time about uh, just a contrite spirit. What the Lord was showing you about having a contrite spirit. Poor in spirit. So, yeah, yeah. 
being poor in spirit. Can you share that? Is that okay? I know I didn't, I didn't warn you. I just feel like you need to hear this. I just, as we were worshiping, I felt like, oh, Luna needs to share this right now, so. Yeah, the Lord's been speaking to me about um, what it what it means to be poor in spirit. I had these two experiences last week. Uh, one was uh, Andrew and I were on vacation, but um, a friend called us up, and they their car broke down, and they um, were like, "Hey, I heard you're out of town. Can we borrow your car?" Um, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, yes, of course. I'm I'm glad that you would ask, but it's also kind of a big ask." because uh, I don't know that we're that close, but I love that he asked. Like, it, it blessed us because, like, it's just sitting in our, it was just sitting in our garage. Um, so I had that. And then I had this other experience where I was having dinner with my dad and my sister and other people around, but she her car was um, having some trouble. My dad's a mechanic, so he has somebody tow it over to his house, but she's kind of like lamenting. We're similar that um, we want to be self-sufficient and we want to be independent. So she's like, I, I hate asking for help. I don't want to ask you anymore. This is, I just need a new car. I'm tired of asking you. And he's just, he turns to her and he said, I love helping. Like, that's what it, my job, like I, it is my like joy to help you. Like, why would you? And I'm thinking, like, processing all of this. Like, like my dad just wants. It's his joy. It's his delight to help. Like, it, I'm like puzzled by this because I, um, I'm raising kids to, to like, okay, you can do it yourself. But that's so not the kingdom of God. He wants us to be like little children, always asking, always leaning. And having a big ask, too. Uh, there's no nothing too small of an ask for him. And so I was blessed. And the Lord took me to Matthew, where he, he goes through the Beatitudes. And he was saying, well, in it it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and they understand their need for a Savior. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My NLT says, and realize their need, um, for theirs is the kingdom. And how much of a treasure that is for God to, or for us to, to have that, to realize that it's a gift to understand our need for a savior, our need for a comforter, our need for a friend, our need for, for who God is. Everything is found in him. He says he's our all in all. Everything you need is found in him. And so I was just having that experience and, and got to share that with you guys. Yeah. Father, I ask that you would give us a revelation of what it looks like to be poor in spirit. Would you bring us back to a place of having a humble heart, a heart that's always leaning into the Father. Make us like children again, full of awe and wonder. I got this picture when I was praying this the other day of 
of like dads at the wheel. I remember my, my parents would drive and my sister and I would fall asleep in the back. Um, and it was this picture that dad's at the wheel, so it doesn't matter where we're going. <laughs> yeah, my dad takes the back roads. My, he never wants to go the highway. He wants to take the scenic route. So Lord, we just put our trust in you. Show us again what it looks like to be child, like a child. Fully trusting, fully leaning, fully dependent on our Father who is our all in all, who is everything we could ever need, everything we could ever want, who fills every desire and every longing. You said us in Psalm 145, it says that you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Father, you satisfy all our desires. We were just singing it earlier. It's that all the things that I thought I wanted, they don't compare to you. Lord, remind us, remind our soul, remind our spirit, remind our heart that nothing compares to the love of our Heavenly Father. Nothing compares to what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing compares to the friendship that we get to have in Jesus, in our Holy Spirit, who is a constant friend the spirit of disclosure who is always whispering and leading us to truth. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness and I thank you for being a perfect representation of what it looks like to love. Father, I ask that you would humble us once again. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. scripture I hear the it's Isaiah 66 and it says the one that I esteem or the one that I lift up the one that I raise up is these three things the one who is humble which is so important just that dependent upon our daddy dependent upon our heavenly father but then it says the one who is contrite in spirit or low in spirit and just in that place of contrite in spirit, another way to say it is even like repentant in spirit. One that will follow the ways of the Lord. One that will turn from their own ways. One that will repent from their direction and go the Lord's direction. So it's humble being dependent upon the Lord. But then that low in spirit is, is that being willing to turn from your own ways and walk in the ways of the Lord. And then the third one is the one that trembles at the word. Lord, I thank you that even in this time, as we're just in this time of fasting, praying, seeking your face, getting before you, Lord, it says that when, you, when we seek you with all our heart, this is where we find you. So, Lord, I thank you that we're finding you in these times. Lord, I thank you that we're, as we're seeking you, we become more and more humble, more and more dependent upon you. As we're seeking you, we find your way. We actually turn towards your way. And then as we seek you, we get to hear your words. We tremble at the word of the Lord. It directs us. It guides us. It leads us. That trembling is a good thing we realize the importance of the word. Marcus, was you were singing that Matthew 4, 
when Jesus says this, he goes, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God that is trembling at the word of the Lord. That every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord is what we live by. We don't live by bread. We live by the word. And that is what, that's why we tremble. Because it is life to us. There's no other life. So that Isaiah 66 and, and then just the Beatitudes right into the Beatitudes is just so critically important in this season. to speak into that or do we just want to pray or what do you what do you feel which one the problem yeah just yeah I think speak into it speak into it and let's pray into it. okay I'm going to give you a real short version of, <laughs> of I'll probably I'll probably speak on it on Sunday I just it just kind of is like revelation to me I love Wednesdays the third day of the fast is, I feel like, the day that everything, like, like the wind blows and clears away all the fog, and everything becomes so clear. And uh, and so revelation hits usually on the third day. First and second day is miserable. <laughs> third day is good. Um, so I'll just what I'm feeling is is. First of all, understanding the importance of the word. So that, that scripture in Matthew 4 where Jesus says, and, and here, let me just read. So this is when he's being tempted. This is Jesus being tempted in the, in the wilderness. And, and Satan comes to him, the tempter, it says, comes to him and says, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And, and I always just saw it as, um, well, Satan was just telling them, hey, you need, like, make them bread so you can eat, so, you're, so you, if you're hungry, eat. And, uh, but what Satan was doing here was he was basically telling Jesus to do something that the Father was not telling him. And, you know, throughout Jesus' life, it says in the Word that everything that he did is what he heard. Everything he said is what he heard the Father say. So if he would have spoken those words, that was what Satan was saying. That was what the tempter was saying. So to speak those words, what he would have been doing is prophesying not the Word of the Lord, but the Word of the enemy. And so the power of that... Uh, Jesus understood it immediately, and he says, man does not live on bread alone, which means that he fo he's focusing on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, which is what he spoke. And so in these times, I feel like as even what Christy was talking about this past Sunday, as the church is awakening, what we're awakening to is the word of the Lord. And the power of his word so, yeah, so tie that, hold that. Let me just go to John. So John 1 says this. Actually, I just know it. It says, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
And then it just goes and says, and the word was God. So the power of the word, um, (laughs) this is what creates everything. You go back to Genesis, and it's the spoken word. And God, he, how does he create? He speaks, right? He, he declares. Um, he decrees and he declares. He prophesies. He was the first prophet. And what he spoke comes to pass because it's his word, because he is the word. And so what I was seeing is the importance of prophesying in our lives that the very keys to the kingdom it says that in uh, Jesus says this in Matthew 16 he goes I, I give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so this is the cool part this is literally just mind blowing for me today so I'm just kind of processing you're getting to hear like just the raw version here because it's not processed but uh, but I think it's so important that we, as we just pray into this and even as we have two more days that we just begin to get this understanding of this because I didn't I didn't really have an understanding of this the keys of the kingdom the keys are prophecy when we prophesy when we declare and we decree this is the keys to the kingdom so the keys that we have, and I, I don't want to say this is exclusive, but this is what I'm, you see this in Matthew 16, uh, that the keys are to bind and to loose. And how, and you can't just bind and loose in your own will or in your own mindset or your own thoughts. What you're doing is you're getting the word of the Lord and then you're declaring it and you're decreeing it. And it's what Jesus says for us to do when we pray our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're getting His will from heaven, and we're actually declaring it on earth. And so, as we talk about it, it's in. in uh, I'm just going to kind of quickly. So you're getting just a quick version here. Second Corinthians 10. It says that uh, it says the weapons. I'll just read it. The weapons of our warfare. The weapons that we fight with, they're not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. It's it's uh, Ephesians six is where it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Um, oh, no, that is, that's just, <laughs> that's the New King James Version. Yeah. I get them all mixed up in my head. Um, so, and then let me just ju- take you over to First Corinthians. First um, Corinthians 14. And what you see here is, uh, It says this in verse 1. It says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And uh, and so I was 
as I'm seeing this, I go, well, why is prophecy so important? Because prophecy, when it's the word of the Lord, is actually what creates, it actually is what what destroys, what needs to be destroyed. It, there is so much power in the prophecy. Everything else, they're, they're great gifts, but even like, like praying in tongues, and it, like it's necessary, it edifies the spirit. But if that's where we stop and we don't actually prophesy, we're not doing the very things that we're commanded to do, to take dominion, to rule, to reign on the earth. And uh, so I was seeing this, if we get this understanding of prophecy, is for everyone. It's, it's a gift that comes here. And prophecy only comes by the Spirit. It only comes, it's a gift of the Spirit. So what it is, is like in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, it says this. It says, uh, verse 10, it says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So, and it says, God has revealed all of these things to us. Right before that, it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. So as these things that he has prepared for us, that, that, that are mysteries, they become revelation, they become light revelation, spiritual understanding, that then we can actually grab hold of those things and prophesy those things and speak those things. And this is where the battle is won. The battle is not won in the, in the, the, the fight that we, that we have. Um, it's actually won in the prophecy because when we declare the, the, the word of the Lord, that's, it's, a, it's a done deal. Now, maybe it hasn't materialized in the natural but it is a done deal. His word, his word, when we declare it, does not return void. It has to fulfill its purposes. It will fulfill its purpose. But it needs to be declared. And this is what I, people go, well, can't, can't God just do what he wants to do? By his sovereignty and what he set up on this earth, no. He does it in and through his people. And that's why... We're created to dwell with him. We're, we're the ones that actually declare the word of the Lord on earth. Jesus was the example. He prophesied all throughout his life. And this is where when he would prophesy, the waters, the, the storms would calm. Um, and, and so the other piece to this I was seeing is what happens is unbelief comes in this is where the enemy tries to, to come in and, and take us off track, is, is he brings in unbelief, which is the opposite of faith. So when we step into faith and we declare and we prophesy, uh, we're actually walking according, we're moving according to the word of the Lord. When we step into unbelief, we actually declare other things that are not the word of the Lord. And, uh, and, and so, yeah. I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, I don't want to go down that, that, that track. I'll just give you a, just a, a few quick examples here. Just um, in Ezekiel 37, so I was seeing this here, and I know we all, we know Ezekiel 37. This is the, the valley of the dry bones. But let me just take you quickly through 
this with now this understanding of prophesying and the importance of it and and this, this is how the battle is won and it comes with the the start of Ezekiel 37 is uh, it says that he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley so all of a sudden he was caught up in the spirit and then he's set in the middle of a valley. And what's cool is, we were talking about this last week, is, is the valleys are the places where we go after souls. This is the places where there are, he says he's, we raise up the valleys. And so these are, these are people that we're going after. The mountains, and then he says he make low the mountains. Those are the, see those as like the, uh, the idols, the things that have been, the high places that have been established, that we bring those things down, and then the valleys, we bring them up. And uh, it's that, talks about it in Joel, the valley of decision. But, um, but here he is in the middle of this valley, and it's full of bones. And, uh, and the Lord says to him, so catch, I just like seeing this in a new way. Ezekiel doesn't actually just start declaring things. He doesn't go, okay, I'm going to speak to the bones. All he's doing is he's caught up in the spirit. He's set here in the middle of the valley. And the Lord begins to say, son of man, can these bones live? (laughs) And uh, he goes, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he says this, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word, there it is, of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And what does Ezekiel do? It says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, in the middle of speaking these words, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone on bone. And I looked, and the tendons and the flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, and there was, but there was no breath in them. And then he does the same thing a couple more times. And he says, now prophesy to the breath son of man and so he prophesies to the breath and so this is this is this place that we're in right now where we are getting the word of the lord i'm like if we get this this changes everything we we tend to look at our situations and uh and usually fear is the first thing that comes in right it's the it's like the in the boat and the, the storm comes and, you know, we go, we're going to die. Jesus is in the boat, but we're still going to die. <laughs> and, uh, but if we can get the word of the Lord, everything changes. We begin to declare peace. Jesus didn't want to be the one that got up and, and said peace to the storm. I think he was hoping that the disciples would actually, someone would rise up and go, hey, we need to, we need to declare peace over this storm. We know how Jesus does it. He's, he's told us how to pray. Let's declare it. Uh, they knew that they were supposed to get to the other side. Jesus already told them where they were going. They had the, they had the direction. They knew that the Lord was going to bring them there. 
So that brings them into a place of authority. So they, they all, I'm just going to speak to one other story, and then I think we just pray. I'll let you just jump in, whatever you got, Marcus. Um, the First uh, Samuel 17 is this, the story of David and Goliath. And the Lord just, just took me to this part. I was like, oh, gosh, I, I don't know. I've read it a hundred times, and I, I didn't see it this way. But David actually prophesies the battle before he fights the battle. The battle was won before he even started because he prophesied the word of the Lord over the battle, which is really cool. So he tells the whole story of what's going to happen to Goliath. He says, David says to the Philistine, you come, with, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And then he says this, he tells him, this day, here's the prophecy, the Lord will hand you over to me, I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. <laughs> so he's not trying to intimidate him. He's just telling him the word of the Lord. This is it. Like, this is going to happen to you. <laughs> and uh, he goes, today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And then the next thing you see him doing is he begins to run quickly toward the battle to meet the Philistine. He had already prophesied it, he had already declared it, and he already knew what was going to happen. The battle was already won. Now he was just acting out the very thing that the Lord had already told him. Now, I believe, and there's no way to prove this, so I'm right. No. <laughs> I believe that if he had not prophesied this, it could have been a different outcome because he, he would have been going into the battle to fight in his own strength. The battle was won because, of the prof because he prophesied it, because he already declared it. He spoke it before it even happened. And this is what the Lord's calling us to do is when we, when we go into battle, we get the word of the Lord. We don't try to figure things out. We don't fight in our own understanding. We don't declare in our own understanding. And that's a big thing. Prophecy is, is knowing the word of the Lord and then declaring it and speaking it. It's not just coming up with your own thoughts and throwing them out there and saying, God, I hope you listen. And I, I hear that a lot and I see that a lot. And, and this is why I've, like, even in the, I'll just end with this, like, um, it's in Matthew 17, when Jesus came off of the Mount of Transfiguration, so he had just, he was just up with Peter and John and James, and uh, where is it? Matthew 17, here it is. So he's up Mount of transfiguration. It's an awesome time up there. He comes off the mountain and some of the disciples, uh, not, the, not the closest ones to him, but some of the other disciples, they were trying to cast this demon out of a, out of a young boy. And, uh, 
and Jesus comes and they're like, hey, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't, they couldn't do it. They couldn't heal him. And Jesus says this, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I stay with you here? Kind of like, he wasn't too happy with him at that point. He says, he says this, bring the boy to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon. So he spoke and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. And the disciples said after this, they're like, Jesus, why, why couldn't we do this? And he responds and he says, he says it, well, in two different places. So here he says, because of your, and it says, in some translation, it says little faith. It's not actually little faith. There's a big difference between faith, little faith and unbelief. It's actually, the word is unbelief, but it's translated incorrectly here. Um, it's because of the unbelief. Uh, he goes, if you have the faith as small of a, as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here and it will move. So that place of, of faith, of stepping in and, and knowing the word of the Lord, you can declare to a mountain to be removed. So it doesn't take a lot of faith. It says the faith of a mustard seed. So it's not how small your faith is. It is your unbelief. So in the unbelief, and this is what it, in the other, and I think it's in Luke, right, where it says um, it comes out through prayer and fasting. It's in Mark. Is it in Mark? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not in, it's in some translations. Some just say through prayer, uh, and then in, in the New King James, I know it's in prayer and fasting. But... Uh, but that prayer and fasting is so critically important because what the point is, is that it takes us out of a place of unbelief and it sets us in a place where we actually hear the word of the Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you that you are taking us into a new understanding in this season yes. of, of how to prophesy, how to declare your word in the situations. And just as you did, Lord, just as you did in Genesis 1, and then just as Jesus did, as he declared and prophesied, Lord, you call us now to prophesy the word of the Lord. I pray that we would not be those with unbelief. We wouldn't be an unbelieving and perverse generation. But Lord, we would be those that through, as we fast and we pray, and we draw close to you and we get your heart and the understanding of what you want to do, spiritual wisdom and revelation, that then we can move into the battle. Then we can move out and we can declare and decree. And this is a time that we're in. Uh, Chuck Pierce prophesied it, that we're, we're moving in this time. And when he did, it didn't quite click. And now it's like all coming together. Oh, here we go. We're moving into a season where we'd be, we're, we're going to know our authority. We're honing in. We're no longer like the shotgun approach. But these are we're becoming sharp shooters to actually step in and declare the word of the Lord into the very things that we need to, that we need to take down, that we need to remove. Lord, I thank you that even as we're dealing with the abortion issues right now, that this is an area where you're going to give us the word of the Lord, where we're going to know exactly what to speak and how to do this. And we, we don't fight against flesh and blood. That's where we fight against the principalities and powers and the rulers of the dark age. And how do we do that? We declare and we decree. And then we move out according to whatever plan you have. So, Father, I thank you that you are awakening your church. 
You're giving us eyes to see, ears to hear in all of these different situations, in all of these things. This is a big one. Abortion is one of the biggest ones right now. I feel like this is that one of those thrones of iniquity that needs to be removed. It's that twisted truth that's over our nation right now. That has to come down. That has to come to an end. So, Lord, I thank you that you're going to give us the declarations, the words to speak, to, to take this down. Lord, that as, as we speak to this mountain, that it will be removed and it will be cast into the sea. It will no longer be an iniquity and no longer a throne in this, in Colorado, in the United States. So I thank you, Father, that by the power and the authority that you give us and, and the wisdom and the revelation to give us understanding that we speak your words, we speak your truth into this. And Lord, I thank you that we will see life and not death. Yeah, pray, pray that Isaiah 28, will you, yeah. Marcus? I'm just going to kind of do it from memory. Lord, we bring before you the covenant that we have made with death as a nation. We bring before you the covenant that we have made that was birthed in the pit of hell, the covenant with Sheol, Lord. And we say, Lord, you are the cornerstone of this nation. You are the tested, the precious stone that this land was founded upon. And Isaiah 28 says, the precious stone, the cornerstone will send a flood that will wash away the refuge of lies. A flood that will wash away the shelter of lies. And Lord, we have been lied to by the spirit of death called abortion. And Lord, we ask in this season that you would wash away the lie of abortion from our land. Lord, we ask that you would take this abomination off of our law books. Lord, that you would overwhelm that you would rush in like a mighty river and wash us clean of this abomination in your eyes. Lord, we say, forgive us. We just stand in the place of our nation right now. We say, forgive us for making a covenant with death. Lord, forgive those who speak of it as such an empowering thing. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we ask you to open their eyes tonight. Open their eyes tonight. Open their ears to hear what you say about life, what you say about the womb, what you say about the generations to come. Lord, we prophesy right now a breaking of the covenant with death in Jesus' name. This is your will. And so we stand in the place filled with faith and we prophesy, release us from this covenant that we have made that was birthed in the pit of hell. Lord, do it. Do it in Jesus' name.
people praying all over the country and the, the big shift that happened by the canceling on Monday. What a breakthrough that took place. But there was a um, powerful word that's gone forth and dream of, of um, change of heart that would take place. And even as Marcus was praying, you know, about open their eyes. And the recent teaching to Mike had given, um, or maybe it was Christy, about Saul being knocked off his horse and blinded. And the course of his life completely changed, which has blessed all of our lives. Yes. So, Lord, we just pray. Yes. I just feel to pray into that, along with all those others that, are, that have been praying. Father, that you would have great mercy that you would open the eyes of the blind, that you would lift the veil of all the deceit, of all the lies to those hearts that would influence the decision because you are the one who's in control. And we declare your lordship, your kingship over this whole issue. And we thank you, Lord, that you are going to redeem, that things are going to shift and move and that you're going to change hearts we will see redemption and salvation in your mercy in Jesus name Amen I respect pray for Steve Ferrante too he's the pastor up in in Estes Park and he actually today was on the uh, the floor and he got to speak into this this bill that they're trying to pass that's uh, an abortion bill. And he's going to, again, he'll be on Friday, he'll be at the house uh, at, the, at the Capitol building. So, Father, I just, we just thank you for Pastor Steve Fronte. Thank you, Steve. Lord, that, that he's not just going to be there to pray or to speak into things, but that he's going to prophesy. Lord, that as he steps into that place, that he will prophesy truth, he will prophesy life. And, Lord, I thank you for the shift that's going to happen. Even those that, uh, just as John was talking about, those that hearts maybe were were in one direction, Lord, you're going to turn them. You're going to reveal your light to them and that they will go from Saul's to Paul's. Lord, they will be those that were maybe they were radical on one side where now you're going to shift their heart where they're going to be radical for you. They're going to see the truth and it's going to set them free. They're going to reveal those things and all of a sudden they're going to go, no, I was wrong. Lord, that they're going to turn from those ways. Lord, I thank you for the healing of the hearts. I thank you that you're going to reveal things in the hearts, Lord, of the House and of the Senate. Lord, I thank you that those, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, whatever it is, Lord, you're going to give them truth. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of this world. Lord, I thank you that there, that there will be a shift even in the mindset of how we operate, that no, we're gonna we're gonna look and operate in the kingdom of heaven. Red or blue, it's all one when, when you operate under the kingdom of heaven. We're gonna come under that rule and that reign. So Father, I thank you for the shift that is gonna happen. In Colorado, we just say make that shift in our government. Lord, for our governor, Lord, for our leaders, for the House, for the Senate, for those that are in the that, that are in the in the, the judges' seats, Lord, the, the Colorado Supreme Court, Lord, for our national Supreme Court, Lord, for our nation, Lord, we say do this. 
change the hearts of people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Joseph, did you have something you wanted to pray? Yeah. I just, I just was reading this uh, this week and it's brought back up, but in Amos 3, Amos 3, 7, it says, uh, for the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. And the very next verse says, the lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? Pray into that, that's it, that's it. So Lord, Father, we're just coming before you and we say, Lord, our hearts are open and continue to do what you're doing, the work in our hearts that that we would hear your roar and that we couldn't help but prophesy Lord help us get us back into that place where we hear your voice where we know the lion of the tribe of Judah where we know what that roar is and where we can't not prophesy what you're speaking Lord we ask in Jesus name minutes so yeah if you guys want to pray into things Colossians 2:14 by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands this he set aside nailing it to the cross he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him so father god we prophesy against this decree, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, because you've forgiven us, because we wrongfully, Lord Jesus, sided with this this demonic treaty that we did, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you forgive us, and we pray against it in the name of Jesus, and we proclaim that it will be broken off of this nation, of this state, of each one of us. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim it will be torn down like an Asherah pole. It shall be broken. We thank you, Father God, because no longer will all will our children lay prostrate before this demonic thing, Lord. We just pray against it, and we thank you, Father God, because we no longer agree with this decree. We proclaim life. We proclaim children joyfully singing, praising you, rejoicing. We proclaim children that no longer will be dead, but they will be rejoicing, singing, worshiping, running the streets, just playing around. We thank you for this generation that will not see death, but will see a life, a new life in someone else's home, will be adopted, will be raised, Lord Jesus, to be exactly what you've called them to be, Father God. They will have a future. And they will have a generation that does say, I am here and I believe in the one true king. 
So thank you, Father God, for this opportunity that you're giving us, Lord Jesus, to raise those children, Lord Jesus, for you, for your kingdom, for King Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus, in your holy and precious name, Lord. As um, yeah, as Thursday, uh, I prayed in this. I just feel like praying this, and again, I keep on thinking about. I keep on coming back to the aspect of concerning abortion is that it's a money-driven industry, and how it just ties in with you know one of the last things to come down. And Revelation will be the entire world system, the Babylonian system. And so I'm going to pray into this, uh, what's some scripture here. Terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, the mighty city of Babylon. In one hour, your doom has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold and silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, every sort of citron wood and articles, every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron, marble, cargoes of cinnamon and spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses, carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. Father, we thank you that at the end of all things, you are going to absolutely pull this system down. Yes, but we pray for a breakthrough now. That it, it that this Babylonian system it has mesmerized, it has seduced men into a money-driven um, industry, and our nation, at the cost of innocent blood. And we pray for an opening in their eyes that it will no longer be mesmerized, seduced, and bewitched by this. But you will open their eyes, and and as we we thank you for the many that have come out of this industry and now are a voice for you and we pray for more that you would convict them they would just suddenly at a moment as it happens they just see the parts the body parts of that unborn child and they say what am I doing they come to their senses they come to their senses that their sanity is restored as with King Nebuchadnezzar he said my sanity was restored the prodigal son, he said, I came to my senses. That you bring them to their sense of reality of the truth of your word. Yes. And we just release that in the name of Jesus. That, that we just, just more and more uh, become a voice for you out of that. He said, I was there. I did that industry. I was part of that for years. And now I see the light of truth. And I know that it is wrong. And they become your strong voice against that in our nation, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, God. And Lord, we thank you for a man like Lou Engle who raised up a prayer movement 10 years ago. And at the height of it, millions of youth were crying out 
Lord, end abortion in our generation and send a spirit of revival. Lord, I thank you that that prophetic prayer movement is being answered in our generation in this day, in this time. We say no more delay, God. We say speedy justice now. We say no more delay, God. We say speedy justice be released. Make the wrong things right. You've looked down from heaven and you've seen a people crying out to you night and day for this, Lord. You've seen faith. And so, Lord, we say again, Lord, we repent for our sins and the sins of our nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I love that. I love that. Marcus was just prophesying light into the atmosphere. And it took me immediately to Matthew 5, 16. Check this out. He was prophesying, let there be light. I would actually contend, and I would actually contend that the light is the prophecy. (laughs) It says this in verse 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before men. (laughs) And what does it do to the men? When they see you, they see the light, and they see the good deeds and the praise, they praise their Father. So the light actually is the prophecy. (laughs) The light actually prophesies to those that are around us. So, Lord, I thank you for the light. Not only do we prophesy, let there be light, Lord, we thank you that the light that we shine, Lord, the light that we shine is prophecy, Lord. Shining into the darkest places of the world. God, you're, you, you started in Genesis, you said, let there be light. <laughs> and the light shines in the darkness. In John 1, it says that, that, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome the light. God, I thank you that you're prophesying light over your children, over the church in this hour, Lord. I thank you that your love, it starts with love because you said you are love. And when your love is fully manifested in us, God, it shines light. It's almost like love is the very thing that's the fuel, the lamp oil in the lamp that allows the eternal light never, never to go out. It says that that lamp actually is a light to our feet so we don't get lost. God, I thank you that we'd walk it out, Lord with a lamp at our feet, with a light at our path, Lord, prophesying our way on the path to where you have us. Let us be led by you as you prophesy over us, God, with light. Joel 12 and 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord, for he is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger, abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings. For the Lord your God, blow the trumpet 
in Zion declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. And, and the one part of this that I read recently at home that struck me was, rend your heart, which means to tear open. And I thank you that, Father, your church, the church of Jesus Christ, we are rending our hearts. We're ripping, tear open our hearts wide open to you. And we're saying, Father, illuminate what's in our hearts. Illuminate with light. Once again, the light. Illuminate what's in us with your light. The things that are sin that we're unaware of, the hidden sins in our heart, that we would rend our hearts, leave them wide open to you, open them wide open for you to have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name. guys that was awesome lord we thank you for that just that revelation of prophecy yeah. and lord we we want to walk in that with greater faith with greater expectation a verse that's been in my mind all night i haven't turned to it until now i just want to close with this peter says as each has received a gift and that's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then I love this phrase. He says, whoever speaks, he goes, in the church, whoever opens their mouth, do it as one who speaks the very oracles of God. And I just felt like that was so in line with what we were saying. Whenever we open our mouth, do it with faith, and you're speaking the very oracles of God in the church, the very prophecies of God in the church. So, Lord, we ask you that you would grow us in this gift. Our words are powerful. <laughs> and, Lord, I pray that we would speak in faith and not speak in unbelief. And, Lord, we just say forgive us for how many times we've spoken in unbelief. <laughs> And in frustration and in doubt, God, give us that James 1, that we speak in faith, that we ask the Father who gives generously, and we ask without doubting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for coming. Just one quick prayer. Lord, zero accidents on the way home. Protect this entire body. No black ice. Traction the whole way. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come from coming from one who had to drive that a lot. <laughs> no accident.